Happy New Year. Can you believe it is 2014 already? Um, I won't make you raise your hands, but I guess that there are probably a, a good number of us who have already failed to keep our resolutions. I just don't make them, because that way you feel better about yourself, because you don't have anything to break. But uh, I saw something on Facebook the other day that I thought was kind of funny. It was like one of those old school greeting card image things, and it said something about along the lines of like, somebody should open up a business that is a gym for the first two weeks of a year, and then becomes either a bar or a restaurant, I can't remember what it said, for the rest of the year, and I was like, that's genius. Um, but I'm looking forward to, to personally, to the, the first couple weeks of the year being over, because when I'm at the gym the first couple of weeks, people are like vying for the machines and the weights, and you know, here in a couple of weeks, all those slackers will be gone, and I'll be back to, m to myself, so. But uh, back when I was in college, every year, one of the, sorry, let me set my timer so that I don't go too long today. Um, back when I was in college, one, every year, one of the Christian fraternities on campus called Brothers Under Christ or Bucks, if you've been to school here in Texas, they're on most of the major campuses, but they, they would throw an outdoor concert called Island Party, and it was kind of a, uh, an event for the, the entire campus. Uh, they would usually invite some bands to come and play. They would gather a bunch of old beat-up couches and throw those out on a lawn on campus, and then people would kind of just hang out, play Ultimate Frisbee, watch some bands play, and it was kind of like a, a good Christian version of Woodstock or something, I guess. But uh, I had a good time every year I would go to this, this thing, and uh, it was a lot of fun just hanging out with friends and usually get, getting to see some, some good bands play, listen to some good music. But out of the four years I was in college, there were two years that I ha had a better time than the other two when I was at Island Party. And the reason why was because those two years, I wasn't just observing and, and hanging out in the crowd. I had the privilege of actually being on stage playing drums with some of my friends in a couple of different bands. And as I look back on that, as I was, was getting ready for this morning's sermon, I think there's something, there's a truth that I that is uh, present in that observation, See, seeing that I enjoyed being a part of things, yet getting to play an active role rather than just uh, watching or, or observing, and that is this, is that being an active participant is better than a passive spectator. Being an active participant is better than being a passive spectator. You see, many of us, Lexi and I have even talked about this this week some, for us personally, I think a lot of us find that in life we can be bored and dissatisfied, often. And I think that a lot of times that, that is not uh, separate from our relationships with God. I think a lot of times our relationship with God can feel boring and dissatisfying. We find ourselves thinking or wondering things like, isn't there more to life than this? I mean, Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. I mean, is this, is this what he had in mind? There is more to life than many of us experience, and he did come to give us life to the full. We just don't all experience it all the time. 
And why is that? That's, that's a variety of reasons, and I'm not here to give all of them. But there's one that I believe, and that is that we are bored and dissatisfied with our lives, especially our relationship with God, because we are prone to be passive spectators rather than active participants. We settle for watching God work through others at the expense of the joy in joining him in actively doing, engaging in the mission that he has. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to show, uh, show you guys and I want to I chart a path for us to moving from this place of kind of boredom or dissatisfaction of sitting on the sidelines watching the game to jumping into the game and being an active participant. It's not really a game, but use that analogy to, to say, let, let's, let's leave the sidelines and get out on the field and join God in what he's doing. I want to I chart a path for us to, to do that. And so to do so, what we're going to do is we're going to wrestle with three questions. We're going to wrestle with who are we, why are we here, and what is God inviting us to? Who are we, why are we here, and what is God inviting us to? And as we wrestle with those questions, um, we're actually going to look at our own mission statement that we have as a church. Some of you probably may not know that we even have a mission statement, um, but we do have one, and I think it's really helpful for us in answering these questions and understanding who we are, why we're here, and what God's inviting us to. And so we're going to do that today, and then next, next week, for the, for, the, for the three weeks that are coming up, what we're going to do is we actually have a process here at Skillman that we believe will help us to accomplish that mission, and, and it's kind of a blueprint for how we engage that and live that out. And each week of the next three weeks, we'll take one part of the process, because there's three parts, and I'll kind of unpack that and show us, well, you know, how do we, how do, we do this thing? How do, how do we stay focused and, and, and uh, you know, determined with, with what we've got before us? And so that's kind of the, the chart, the, the, the path for the next, next four weeks. But my hope in doing this is that we will regain clarity about who we are and what God is calling us to do, and that we will not just gain mental clarity and like leave it at that, but that we will then actively engage in being the church that God calls us to be. So I want to pray for us, and then we'll, we'll jump in this morning. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for a new year. I thank you that you are the God who makes all things new, that we, we aren't dependent upon the calendar resetting because of the gospel, because of what Jesus has done for us in his life, death, and resurrection. We are new people, and we have been set free as we just sung about. I pray, God, that this morning, that this sermon, that this time that we look in your word today would help us to live in that freedom in the way that you intend us to. And I believe that that is in engaging with you in the mission that you are on and that you are inviting us into. And so, God, I pray that you would be with us in a special way during these next few minutes, that your spirit would come and speak to our minds, that you would comfort our hearts and um, instill hope and joy and excitement in them about who you are and what you're doing in our world, that you would ex in, in, develop and grow affection for your son. And I pray that you would give us feet that are ready and quick to obey what you show us, that we wouldn't just 
receive from you and let that store in our brains, but that it would change who we are and the way that we live. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so our mission statement here at Skillman Bible Church says this. It says, Skillman Bible Church is a community determined to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. Skillman Bible Church is a community determined to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. So we're going to kind of just walk through that um, kind of a piece at a time this morning. And the first thing we see there is that we are a community. We are a community. If you want to follow along, if you're a note taker, no problem if you're not, but on the back of the bulletin, you'll, you'll find an outline and I encourage you to, uh, to, to utilize that if you want. But that's the first answer to our question of who are we. We are a community. Uh, the first text I want to look at this morning is Romans 12.3. So if you have a Bible or need one, there's, there's one on the pew in front of you. But flip with me to the book of Romans chapter 12. And we'll look at verses 3, three through 6. To understand better what it means to be a community. Romans 12, 3 through 6 says this. For by grace, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then he goes on to that list. We'll, 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 we'll stop there. But this text teaches us a few things about who we are, and it helps us understand what it means to be a community. And so in verses 4 and 5, we read, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. I really like what he says in that last part. So we, though many, are one body in Christ. So the idea here is that, yes, we are a collection of individuals. You look around and you see that we are, are individual people, but at the same time we are also one. We are one body. We are united together in Christ. When we place our faith in Christ, we don't just develop a relationship and begin a relationship with Him and with the Father and the Spirit. We develop a relationship with His body, His church. We are brought into the church, like it or not. <laughs> you can't change that. It's, it's what it means to be a believer. You are a part of the church. And then he goes on, he adds, he says, we are individually members one of another. And just like in the, the human body, which is kind of the, the analogy he's using here, there are different parts. They all make up one body, and they belong to the same body. It's the same thing for us. We belong to one another. We need one another. We do life together. And while we are different people with different shapes, sizes, gifts, and so forth, we belong to one body and we're part of one body together, and that's the body of Christ. And so the church is a community. It's a group of people 
who are different. God's created us each different, but we belong together. We find our identity in Christ, but also in being a part of the church, being a part of his body. So a community, I looked up the definition, you know, I I wanted to be kind of clear on this. It was kind of interesting as I read it. It says, a community is a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. And what I thought that was really interesting is when you look at Skillman Bible Church, we are a community in both sides of that definition. It says they are living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. We're both. We are a group of people living in Dallas, Texas, most of us East Dallas, who are all followers of Jesus. That's our common characteristic, our common trait. So we are a community of Christ followers. And what we're going to talk about next and what the rest of the mission statement really unpacks is that following Jesus is not something that we do personally. It's something we do in community. And it's also not something that ends with ourselves. It's something that ends with others and really the whole world, as we read about in the Old Testament reading and some of the other passages we, we, we heard this morning. And we'll talk about that here in a, little, in a little bit. But following Jesus is about seeing God's reputation increase, seeing him being glorified. And so we are a community, but we also are a community that has a mission. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. So first of all, we are community. The second thing that you see in the, in the definition is Skillman Bible Church is a community determined to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. So that word there, determined, is the second thing that we are. We are community and we are also determined. And I want to look at Philippians 3, 12 through 14. So flip over to that passage uh, and we'll read that together. This is probably a pretty, pretty familiar text to, to a lot of us. But it helps us understand why, you know, when we came up with this, this mission statement, why would we add that word determined in there? This will help us understand why. So Philippians 3, 12 through 14 says this, Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ has made me his own. Behold, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Okay, Paul's talking about a lot of really, really neat stuff here, but I want to really focus on kind of three words that are all collectively uh, communicating one idea. Drawing on this Olympic language, this competition, you think of, of uh, racing or, or something like that, he really uses three phrases that speak to this idea of determination. First, the first phrase, he uses it twice in verses 12 and 14, is he says, I press on. That's a little, little strange, but I think another way to say that is, I pursue, I pursue wholeheartedly, and, and so Paul, Paul is saying here that his pursuit of this call of God on his life is something that he presses into, something that he has made his goal, and not one of those goals that you like write down at the beginning of the year, sits in a shelf, and you never try to accomplish. 
It's like, you know, you think of like sports teams who when they, when they go out on the field, they've got like their mission above the door and they all slap it as they're on their way out. That's how Paul viewed his, God's call upon his life. It was something that, it was always before him and every day he focused on it and he lived towards that end. And so he says that he presses on and then in verse 13 he says this, he says, one thing I do. One thing I do. So not only did he pursue this goal, but he also had singularity in his purpose, in his activity, and he was, that was pursuing Christ so that he could fulfill God's call in his life. And then in verse 13, he also says this. This is the third, the third phrase. He says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. So like a runner running for the finish line, He's not looking at the stands to see if mom and grandma are cheering him on. He's looking at the finish line, like like a horse with blinders on, saying, this is what I'm after, and I'm going to stay focused on this. And so, all three of these ideas that he communicates really speak to this idea of determination. It's being resolved and being, being resolute, and this is what I'm about, and actually living your life that way. So, being determined, I, I would say, it's, it's really about making a firm decision to do something and being resolved not to, not to change your mind, not to, to relinquish or, or shrink back from that. I don't know if your, your friends are like my friends, but uh, I have a few friends who, when I go over to their house, I see a treadmill in their living room. Some of you are probably smiling because you know where this is going. A lot of people, their treadmill, what does it turn into? It's not an exercise machine, it's the laundry holder. Like it's like lined with the shirts and, and you know, pants that they've, they've just pulled out or they've brought back from the uh, cleaners. And what, what's so interesting to me about that is here's this multiple hundred dollar, if not thousands of dollar piece of equipment that is made for a specific purpose that ends up settling, people use, end up just settling for that being a $1,000 coat rack. You see, the reason why it's so important that we, we, we talk about being determined when it comes to engaging in the mission that God has for us as a church is that without determination, we're a lot like a treadmill that becomes a coat rack. Something that just sits there, collecting dust, fulfilling a purpose that it was not created for. And so, determination is the key. It is the, the thing that prevents us from being some, a, a body, a community that has great plans. It prevents us from, from just having great plans and it helps us actually fulfill the God-given purpose that we have. So rather than just kind of hanging out and patting each other on the back and just kind of enjoying this little holy huddle, settling for that, with determination, we can become a people that are convinced with everything that they are, and then everything that in their lives becomes about seeing God's reputation, His glory made known where we are. Determination is a big part of that. So we are a community and we are determined. The second 
Second thing you see, or the third thing, I'm sorry, that we see in the mission statement is that Skillman Bible Church is a community determined to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. To see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. And that answers the question of why are we here? So who are we? We're a community and we're determined. Why are we here to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad? And we're going to look at Psalm 96, verses 1 through 6 today. And I think it'll help us understand what that, what that means, what that looks like. Psalm 96, 1 through 6. And this was the, the Old Testament reading that Shelby read for us this morning. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. So in this, in this passage, the psalmist really calls us to do four things. In verses 1 and 2, he tells us three different times to sing to the Lord. We've done that this morning. We do that regularly. That's awesome. Secondly, he says in verse 2, to bless his name. To bless his name, and we do that as well. And then he says, and tell of his salvation from day to day. And then finally in verse 3, he instructs us to declare his glory among the nations. So sing to the Lord bless his name, tell of his salvation from day to day, and declare his glory among the nations. And what's really interesting to me as I look at these, these words, there's something they all share in common. They're all active things. You can't passively sing, you can't passively bless, you can't pass passively declare, and you can't passively tell of his salvation. That requires doing something actively engaging. And the reason why I want to point that out is when I first, I'll be honest with you, when I first read the mission statement, kind of just, just reading through it quickly, Skillman Bible Church is a community determined to see God's reputation increase at, both at home and abroad. One of the words in there that was like kind of weird to me, it just kind of didn't, I don't know, it just didn't sit with me right at first, was that word see, to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. And I think the reason why it wasn't quite setting, you know, sitting well with me was that it felt really, really passive. I was like, so we're just kind of hoping this happens, so we're all on the sidelines cheering on somebody else doing this. But then I stopped and I, I, I started thinking about it, and kind of as I was looking at this text, and I thought about it this way. Sometimes we think of the word see like watch, watch something. I'm here to see the show, I'm here to watch the show. But then there's another phrase that we use, and that phrase is, see to it that so and such and such. When we see to something, we set our minds to it and we make it happen, right? There's a difference between seeing and watching, that's defined as watching and seeing that is I'm going to do something, and I'm going to, I'm going to as, as far as it's up to me, I'm going to make this happen. 
And I think that's the way to read this statement, is when it says that we're determined, that means that we've set our mind on something, and that helps us understand that we're determined to see something happen. That means we're determined to, as far as it's up to us, do our part to join God in his mission. And so it's really important for us to, to grasp this because here's the deal. God's reputation, his glory, is what it is. It is beautiful. It is the greatest thing in existence. But his reputation increasing, more people recognizing that is dependent upon believers and, and us as a church actively participating in God's mission. The people that live in our neighborhood and in our city will not see or appreciate God's glory. His, his reputation won't increase in their hearts without somebody telling them and engaging them with the gospel. And so that's the first thing I want to talk about in this text. The second thing I want to point out is that the psalmist also specifies where and how we are to participate in these four activities. First of all, in verse 1, he writes, Sing to the Lord all the earth. Then in verse 2, he says, Tell of his salvation from day to day, or every day. And then in verse 3, he says, Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. So the sphere here is, is worldwide. And then the last part, or I'm, I'm sorry, the last part of the mission statement, so we talk about we're a community determined to see, then God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. We get that language from text all over the Bible, but like this, where it says that his glory is to be seen and to be shouted about and blessed and declared all over the globe. And so God desires for us to make much of him everywhere, right here in Dallas and all around the globe. Our New Testament reading this morning, I'll just read this, you don't have to flip there, is Acts 1.8, and it says... Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So Jesus kind of, you know, the, the sphere of, of where God wants us to take his name and his, and his message and declare his glory, Jesus picks up on this same idea as a psalm, saying that it's, this is for the entire world. But he also adds that it's Jerusalem, all Judea, all Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And what I like about that is that he helps us start to understand that it's not just like little pockets around the world, but he desires for the whole thing to be covered, and how that looks. And, and these are really kind of ideas of concentric circles. We don't really know geography of Jerusalem that well. If you've been there, maybe you do, but... I want to put it in our context. If, if Jesus was speaking up to us today, if, this was, if he was in the room and he was saying this, this verse to us, it'd be something like this. I don't want to put words in Jesus' mouth. That's not a good idea. <laughs> you will be my witnesses in Dallas and in Texas and the rest of the country that isn't Texas and all over the world. You see, that's how I see it. Here in the U.S., you have Texas and not Texas. Who cares about what states they are? Wow, I got an amen for that. But uh, here's, here's what I want us to grasp. 
the mission of God does not happen just here in this room or in your home when you read your Bible and when you pray. The mission of God doesn't stop at this corner at Skillman and Richmond. It begins here. It begins in our hearts and in our home, to our neighborhoods where we live, we work, we play. Then it spreads into the rest of our state here in Texas, the rest of our country, not Texas, and then the world. That's God's desire. That's his plan. That's what it's always been. He's always wanted from all the way back in Genesis, and later this year we're going we're gonna to trace this, probably in the fall. God's plan for the entire time of history has been for his people to be a blessing to the entire world. But it's got to start here and also happen here locally. It can't just be over around the world or here. It's both and. And it really, in, in Jesus' language, it starts here and it moves out. It's kind of like when you throw a rock in a lake and those, those waves just start from where, where it where it hits the surface and then they go out from there. I think that's kind of the imagery of what he desires for his mission to do. You know, when it comes to our mission statement as a church, I believe we're doing a really good job of seeing God's reputation increase abroad. I don't know if you know this, but in 2013, y'all can, Josh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think, according to what I read, we gave about $16,200 to our partners around the world. Does that sound accurate. $16,200 to people that we partner with that are taking the gospel around the world. Some of those folks are here in the U.S., some of those folks are, are uh, in other countries, but they're people that you guys know, people like the Zavodnys, people like the Woodards, and the folks that were here this summer that came and shared about what God's using them to do to declare his glory among the nations. $16,200, that's roughly 12% of our annual budget. That's a good that's great. We believe in this and we're doing it. And on the other hand, I would say that we have a little bit of room to grow. This is just my opinion. We have room to grow in seeing God's reputation increase here, here at home. I believe that we believe in it, but I believe that we also struggle to actually participate in it. And I'm speaking personally too. I know that I struggle to actually participate in the mission of God in my neighborhood in our city, because here's the deal. Seeing God's reputation increase at home requires me to open my mouth. It requires me to boldly share who Jesus is, why I worship him, and that can be scary. Because we live in a culture that people, you know, it's okay to be Christian, but if you start talking about Jesus, people think you're weird. It's also hard to do this right here at home because it means giving up the things that are really precious to us, things like our time and our energy. I mean, that, that precious time that none of us have enough of. Here's the deal. I think the reason why it's easier to engage in God's mission globally, I think the reason why it's easier to write a check rather than just share the gospel with your neighbor is because seeing God's reputation increase at home requires me to be an active participant. It cost me something. Whereas being a part of God's mission globally is something I can, I mean, yeah, write a check, that, that, that's a sacrifice, I'm not denying that. But it's kind of safe and convenient to let somebody else do it. 
it's, it's, it, it kind of touches on that thing I was talking about earlier, where I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of, this is kind of a guess, but I, I, I mean, I've observed it for sure in my own life and in the life of people I know well. Man, it's just, we are so prone to watch and to just be spectators. And it, it, I think that explains why it can be hard for us to engage in the mission locally here at home. So we're, we are a community, we're determined, and we're here. The reason we're here is to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. And if you put that together, these two idea, ideas of being a community and this, this idea of having this mission of seeing God's reputation increase both at home and abroad, I would say that simply put, we are a community, but we're more than a community. We are a missional community. We are a missional community. That's kind of a buzzword in the church world right now. But I think it, it really is true because what it does is it helps us capture that we are a community that does not exist for itself. We exist for God and his glory being declared around the world. And that means that our, our focus is not just here on us, but it's on the rest of the world that does not know God, that is not declaring his glory yet. And so that is who we are. We're a group of people living in Dallas, Texas, who follow Jesus, and following Jesus means that we are sharing his mission of glorifying his Father. So we're a community determined to see God's reputation increase both at home and abroad. But what about that last question? What is God inviting us to? Simply put, I believe God is inviting us to participate in his mission, both personally and as a community. To participate in his mission, both personally and as a community. So God is inviting you, each one of you, and me, to personally participate. For some of us, some, some of us that means that we need to just take the step of becoming a part of this community, or some community. We need to just decide that we're no longer just going to pop in on Sunday, sit on the pew. We're actually going to join and be a part of this church that's full of, full of people that are different than me, and I'm scared, and I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway, because that's what God's called me to do. So that may be the first step for some of us. Others of us, um, may, may, maybe the step that we're to take is, we read in Romans 12 earlier that God has deposited us the, these gifts in us, these spiritual gifts in us, and we're supposed to put them to use. And maybe some of us, we're just sitting on gifts. We got these gifts and we're just not using them. I mean, here at Skillman, we actually have a lot of folks, a large percentage of the church, that are using their gifts. But like every church, we have people that have gifts that just aren't using them. And so maybe there's some of you who you're actually pretty good with kids and you maybe or maybe you're not aware that we have a great need in our children's ministry. Every week we have spots that could be filled. I mean, we sometimes really struggle to, to, to find folks. This is a shameless plug. If you are not a felon... <laughs> and you like won't hang kids from the rafters, we need you. I mean, there's a little more clearance than that. Like, you know, Kathy, hopefully I didn't scare you. But uh, I mean, there, there, are those, there are people in here today, I know, that God is waiting to use you to bless our children. And today maybe is, is, is the day to just say, you know what, I can do that. And we're not asking you to do it every week. If you did it maybe once a month, once every two months, that'd be awesome. 
There's going to be a, a sign-up sheet, actually, over in the fellowship hall. After this, we don't have adult teaching today, but we do have a fellowship time. I invite you to sign up. And some of you have the gift of hospitality. You like to throw parties. You like to love on people. Maybe your way to engage in the mission of God is to invite a neighbor who doesn't know Jesus over to your house this week for dinner, for coffee, and just get to know him. And then over time, share a little bit about who God is and what he's done in your life. Others of us, we have the gift of generosity. And maybe you have a neighbor or somebody in your life that you know that they're in need and they need something tangible. They don't need you to pray for them. They need you to, like, buy them groceries. Or they need you to give them a ride to work. Engaging in the mission of God is not rocket science. It's just loving people in the name of Jesus. And God is inviting you and me to participate in his mission personally. Not to watch others do it, but to actively do something ourselves. Will you today decide to use your gifts to see God's reputation increase? But I also said that I believe God's inviting us as a community to engage in actively participating in his mission. God has brought us together here at Skillman. He's brought us, I mean, we're, we're one church within the larger body of Christ within the large big C church. And what's really cool about it is that God has put some pretty unique things in us and he's placed us in a unique location. Like there are some great churches around the world, but they're not on the corner of Skillman and Richmond and they don't have the access or the, or the daily rhythms to rub shoulders with the people who live in this context. God has placed us here to reach this neighborhood, to reach this part of the city and he has already deposited in us what he wants and what he feels like will do that. And so imagine with me if we became the kind of people who really embraced this mission statement and didn't like write it down and like put it in our Bible and like never read it, but like decided that this was going to be what we're about. This is going to be more than something that, you know, a couple of people who stumble upon the website read, and that's it. But it actually becomes the banner that we unite under and actually live out. Imagine if we became resolved to see this happen today and not wait for it to happen tomorrow. I want you to, to join me. I, I'm inviting you to ask God to help you to help us as a church, as a community, to see this neighborhood, to see our city as the place that he has called us to and the people that he wants us to love and show his glory to. Let's get together. Let's talk about this. Let's, when we are hanging out after church and when we see each other during the week, let's think, let's brainstorm, let's start just, you know, coming up with ways and ideas that we personally and as a community can see this happen. Because I believe that just like I enjoyed being on stage playing drums with my friends more than sitting in the crowd watching Switchfit or whoever it was back in 2003, it's fun to get together and it's great to have good Bible studies, and it's, it's awesome to have great community and have deep friendships with one another. 
But if we want to see our joy increase, and we want to see God do something in us that's truly remarkable, it takes being determined and actively engaging in the mission that he's called us to. When we do that, church becomes a lot more than something that you know, we look forward to and fun. It becomes supernatural, and we see God do things in us that we never thought possible. Let's pray. God, I thank you for...